Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of MetaStrategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest this week is Charles Myers. Charles is the President and Chief Executive Officer of Equinix, a $5.5 billion internet connection and data center company focused on helping companies break through old IT constraints and find, share, and deliver value in new ways in the digital world. Charles joined the firm in 2010 as the President of Equinix Americas, and he's held a variety of other roles prior to being elevated to his firm. Before joining Equinix, Charles was the Group President at VeriSign. In this interview, we discuss the trend for organizations to get out of the data center business, which puts Equinix in a solid position to support chief information officers in their digital transformation journey. Charles cites that companies are noticing that building, operating, maintaining, and ensuring that data centers are equipped to meet their future needs isn't in line with their points of differentiation and their capability, nor is it the best use of their capital. Instead, they've looked for highly distributed IT infrastructure to meet a variety of needs, and the cloud is playing a large role. We also discuss the benefits Equinix gains from being an internal first user, how the chief information officer role has evolved to be more customer-facing and strategic. Charles takes on artificial intelligence, internet of things, the digital edge and 5G, and a variety of other topics. Charles Myers, welcome to Technovation. It's wonderful to speak with you today. Great to be here, Peter, thanks. Oh, it's a pleasure. Charles, uh, you are the Chief Executive Officer of Equinix, a role that you were promoted uh, into in September of 2018. Uh, so year and change that you have been uh, been in that post. And I'm wondering um, if you could talk a bit about the company that you uh, found. I shouldn't say found, as of course you were part of it already, but as you took the big chair in the organization, where the company stood at that point and how you uh, elected to make some changes in the early phases of your, your tenure as CEO. Sure, Peter. Um, you know, it's interesting in that I guess I had the incredible good fortune. I have been here nearly 10 years and have been part of a, really an incredible ride at Equinix over the last, uh, over the last decade. Um, when I stepped into the CEO role, um, unlike probably many situations, I took a business that was, you know, took the, the helmet, uh, if you were, uh, if you will, of the, of a business that was performing really well. So, um, so I think that it's one of building on, it was a, a situation of building on that success and, you know, positioning the company for what I think is an extraordinary opportunity ahead. And, uh, so that was, I think, a fortunate circumstance in terms of, you know, what the priorities and, areas of, um, you know, evolution and change that we've focused on, you know, over the last year and what we'll be focusing on going ahead. You know, there's a number of them, you know, a, a big one. And the one I always start with is continuing to invest in our culture and our people. Um, you know, Equinix, the culture at Equinix, I think, has been and continues to be a, a critical differentiator, not only in terms of how our, our customers experience us, uh, but in terms of um, how, you know, our people experience their time at Equinix and and uh, and therefore our ability to attract and retain exceptional talent. And so we really put a lot of emphasis on that. I've uh, I've spent a lot of energy talking about what I refer to as our in-service to mindset, you know, really being in service to each other, being in service to our customers 
being in service to our shareholders um, and being in service to the communities in which we operate. And, um, you know, that's really resonated with people. I also talk a lot about, you know, our investment, continued investment and focus on diversity and inclusion and belonging. And I, I speak to, you know, making sure that every employee every day can say three things confidently. I'm safe, I belong, and I matter. And, uh, you know, those those two things and really just continuing to invest in what we call the magic of Equinix, I think, has been a a really important piece um, of uh, of the, con- the continued focus of the company, from a you know from a business and business strategy standpoint, um, and uh, and the things that come with that. We really work to align our operating model to better deliver on a great customer experience, and so we've uh, more heavily globalized our operating model. So we made some organizational shifts in that regard to really focus on consistency and excellence and and a better customer experience. Um, we've also kind of invested and reorganized our talent to, you know, evolve our platform from maybe more uh, a, you know, from from our current strength in, you know, and with our co-location and interconnection business to really evolve our platform in exciting ways. And, you know, you've probably seen things like our network edge offering and, and other things that I think are a way to evolve our value proposition for customers. Um, and then we also invested, you know, meaningfully in evolving our go-to-market motion. Um, we're now a, a very significant player in terms of delivering uh, to enterprises as they pursue digital transformation, and that includes adjusting our market model, or our go-to-market model, uh, particularly to really embrace partners. And so those are a few of the areas that we uh, that we really focused on over the last year. Very interesting. I appreciate that overview. Um, a lot of organizations, a lot of chief inv- information officers publicize they're getting out of the data center business. Um, uh, it's a priority for so many. And as they do so, that creates a lot of opportunity for the likes of, of Equinix. And I wonder if you could talk a bit about, especially as somebody who's who's been part of that migration for a decade, what that's entailed from your perspective and, 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 and how you see that trend evolving. Yeah. I mean, I think that trend will definitely continue. I think what's happened is, is that, you know, most companies, both enterprises and service providers um, have stepped back and said, hey, you know, what is what's the best uh, what's the optimal allocation of our capital to create shareholder value? And in many cases, I think they have said, you know, building and operating and maintaining and, and ensuring um, sort of, um, you know, sort of the, you know, ensuring that data centers are uh, equipped to meet their go forward needs is not, you know, an ideal is not in line with their their differentiation and their capabilities, nor the best use of their capital. And so I do think people have said, you know, there are other ways that we can do that. I think that has been accelerated um, by the advent of cloud. Um, and I think that, um, you know, Equinix, I think, is in a very unique position to support CIOs in their digital transformation journey as they think differently about, um, you know, about IT infrastructure in particular. And so, you know, what we're seeing is that a clear architecture of choice has emerged for, uh, for CIOs, um, and that is, you know, one very global, uh, highly distributed IT infrastructure to meet a, a variety of needs, very cloud first in their thinking, um, but still uh, thinking about it in sort of a hybrid and multi-cloud as their preferred architecture. And so, so that, you know, that really positions us given our reach, um, our interconnection platform and our, you know, sort of the deeply advantaged, you know, connectivity into the cloud um, to be a, a real partner of theirs. And so what I would say is I think they are over time, people are, are needing, thinking perhaps they'll need less of their, of their own, you know, data center uh, space, but they need it to house 
critical parts of their infrastructure and interconnect it deeply to the to the cloud and to the broader sort of digital landscape. And that's where I think, um, you know, Equinix is really uniquely positioned. You mentioned earlier that one of the changes that you, you've ushered in uh, has been embracing partners uh, and, and changing your go-to market strategy as a result of that. Can you talk a bit about that? Because, of course, um, IT departments for large organizations have a multitude of, of strategic partners that they choose, and therefore uh, the, the, the necessity for an organization like yours fitting into that broader portfolio becomes that much more important. How do you think about that? Yeah, that's a, it's a really great point, Peter. We, you know, essentially when you really think about it, uh, uh, there there might be a few use cases in the service provider realm where um, where Equinix is directly responsive and to meet the complete need of the customer in terms of interconnecting networks or peering network traffic, uh, peering internet traffic, or those kind of things. But in the in the bigger digital landscape, in order for a customer to meet a particular, you know you know, need, whether they're from their employees or their, uh, or their customers, um, they almost always are combining somebody else's value with Equinix value to solve a problem. And so it's really important that we position effectively with, you know, their technology partners of choice, whether those be, for example, security partners like, a, you know, like a Palo Alto Networks or, or their, you know, their, uh, their storage vendors or, uh, or other technology, you know, vendors, um, you know, people like NetApp, who's a great partner of ours, or, um, uh, or the cloud or the clouds themselves, which says, hey, my infrastructure needs to work seamlessly and interoperate with my with my workloads that I'm putting in the cloud. And so that's where things like our ACX fabric really come in, in terms of providing that interoperability. And what we've done in the partner realm is really worked with a large variety of players. You look at some of our most prolific channel, you know, partners that are bringing complete solutions to customers, and it's companies like AT&T and Orange and um, Telstra who, uh, you know, combine their, you know, their their connectivity solutions with, you know, with offerings from uh, from Equinix to really create this uh, this solutions in a, for a, for a hybrid and multi-cloud environment. So, um, so that, that's kind of how we're, we're looking at partners, both as a way to, to combine value to create customer solutions, as well as a way to improve our reach to the market. That's great. And I, I'm curious also, how do you use your own technology? Now that you are, now you run a, a very large company yourself, you, you in many ways reflect the various complexities of the same kinds of organizations that you serve um, as your customers. Um, how do you think of yourself as, as customer one or customer zero, as the case may be? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we talk a lot about Equinix on Equinix, you know, which is we talk about, um, and it's, it, it, it dovetails a little bit into some of the other questions that I know you and I had talked about um, and that you have talked to others I was, uh, in terms of CIOs and what they're, you know, how they're uh, thinking about the world and, and their needs. And the reality is, is CIOs have been, you know, are now much more customer facing um, and they, you know, they have to, they're a big part of us talking to, you know, uh, our, our customers about what their needs are and how digital transformation is, is relevant to their business. And so we have, we have done some of the very things that we talk about, you know, our customers doing in terms of embracing hybrid cloud, for example, and, 
you know, putting workloads into uh, into a variety of cloud provider uh, partners, our own workloads. And so it's interesting because people are like, well, you, so you actually put stuff in the cloud. And we're like, of course we do. That's, uh, you know, that's the, the really the preferred architecture. You know, there are a number of workloads that work extremely well by being placed in public cloud. And so we're a customer of, of, of Azure and of, of AWS and, and of uh, Google Cloud. And, and so we work with a number of them because they do some, some things distinctively well in each case and, and we use those, uh, but we interconnect them with our own private infrastructure that sits inside of Equinix facilities. And so we're very much using this sort of hybrid multi-cloud architecture at Equinix and it gives us a lot of, uh, a lot of credibility as we engage our customers and talk to them about their digital transformation journey. And I know you've had a couple of different CIOs in Brian Lilly and Millen Wagel, who themselves become major advocates to their peers as CIOs. And I can only imagine that the Equinix on Equinix, uh, um, you know, platform, so to say, uh, becomes a, a, a key way in which they can market to their peers as, as, as um, you know, as advocates on their behalf, not just salespeople, uh, but, but as advocates on their behalf. Absolutely. And uh, both of those, uh, you know, tremendous executives, uh, both of them. And uh, obviously, I, I worked with Brian for a long time. Uh, and, you know, he's, uh, he's terrific, uh, you know, out there with customers. And Milland has really been, uh, you know, terrific as he stepped up in that role uh, since Brian left. But um, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're great to partner with. And, you know, I think they're really playing an important, uh, important role in, in our, uh, our journey. And I wonder also, um, in some ways, their evolution is representative, at least in the technology space, of the CIO role itself. Uh, as you know, th those who create enterprise technologies naturally, the CIO of those very companies become great advocates, as we just described. But you've also yep. you have a great opportunity, just in the business you are, to meet with a whole range of CIOs and IT executives across the uh, the, the business landscape. And I'm wondering if you have some perspectives on on how how else you've seen that role change. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think the big ones, and uh, I read a um, uh, an interview you did with Chris Beatty, who actually also is a former colleague of mine uh, right. in the past, and and uh, some of what he he talked about, and I I would strongly resonate with a number of his observations in that, and and the you know some of some of it is that. I, I would say I would say a couple things. One, I think CIOs are much more strategic. You know, there was probably a time where it was, hey, you're you're the person who you know keeps our technology operating, and boy, can you do it at lower cost? Um, and um, and I think the role has really evolved to where now the CIO has an important role sitting at the table, saying, what is our strategy as a business? How do we uh, you know, what is our competitive advantage? How can we build on it? And how can technology help us execute effectively on that strategy and serve the needs of our customers? And I think that's a that requires a very different kind of individual. Um, and so, you know, one, a much more strategic perspective and mindset. Two, much more customer facing. I think in the past, um, you know, CIOs were, you know, more pointed inside at the technology. And I think now they, they have to really balance their time and perhaps more frequently um, than they're looking at a server, they're looking at a customer. Um, and, um, and so I think, uh, you know, they're much more customer facing. Um, and I think that, you know, as a result, the skills that are differentiating outstanding CIOs from, you know, from the rest um, are different. And I think, uh, you know, collaboration and leadership 
are really at a premium now, you know, uh, relative to sort of deep technical skills. Of course, you know, CIOs are still a, you know, a technology oriented role and they have to have deep understanding and, rele you know, current uh, relevance and, and understanding of the of the landscape. But um, but I think that, you know, the collaboration and leadership capabilities to drive an organization and affect change, um, you know, are, are really at a premium. And that's what I'm seeing from the from the best CIOs out there. During your tenure, um, Charles, the organization's revenue is roughly quintupled from a bit more than a billion dollars to now roughly five and a half billion. If I've got my my uh, my numbers correct. And I wonder. First of all, that's extraordinary, that, that uh, level of performance. And as you think about continued growth and perhaps not too far from now becoming a $10 billion revenue company, what sorts of things, first of all, I'd, I'd be interested in the kinds of things you see, you see fueling that kind of growth. But I'm also curious about the kinds of changes organizationally that you anticipate making in order to make sure that you can digest that growth and continue to um, have a, an efficient operation while growing. Yeah, well, there's a number of there's a number of um, vectors uh, and levers that sort of have fueled our growth and that will fuel it probably going forward. Um, there is, you know, our, the the geographic reach of our platform. I think that's one thing we've, you know, we've increased over that time frame from probably you know low double digit kind of number of metros that we are or, or you know um, uh, that we covered to now 55 metros across the world in 20 uh, 25 different countries and so the ge geographic reach of our uh, platform has increased significantly so that's that's one lever um, as that occurs i think um, you know it really increases the the number of deployments that people have with us as they see um, their need for distributed infrastructure continue to um, you know continue to take hold um, and then uh, and then the you know the, then the the other vector is really taking any individual customer and you know giving them more value and and increasing their uh, their level of uh, you know uh, of spend with us and and their level of um, uh, dependence and and uh, reliance on our platform for their digital transformation needs and so and what I think is the evolution of our our interconnection platform the advent for example of uh, cloud exchange fabric um, which has been an extraordinarily successful offering for us um, in the interconnection space um, has been a, a really critical driver for for people both adopting platform Equinix and then growing uh, on top of it. And so, uh, and now I think we're, you know, uh, we're starting to see the front edge of really, I think the next phase of evolution of platform Equinix, Equinix which I think will take us to that, you know, $10 billion and beyond mark. Uh, and that is to continue to add services that increase the ability for customers to use Equinix as a, you know, a central uh, point of nexus um, in their in their uh, IT infrastructure. Um, and I think that, you know, the proximity that Equinix, both the reach it has globally and the proximity that it enjoys um, to uh, key interconnection points that they're trying to reach, whether those be clouds or networks or other members of their their supply chain and ecosystem, um, is is really continue to increase in in relevance. And so, um, so I think we just need to continue to deliver these kinds of things like our network edge offering, which is allow allows people to you know access the you know the proximity benefits and the and the uh, aggregation benefits that are part and parcel of Equinix, but do so in a much more 
um, on-demand virtual uh, way. And those are those are some of the things that I think our, our newer services are going to have to really be characterized by and are going to fuel go-forward growth. Are there, you've mentioned a number of areas in which you anticipate either growing or newly, uh, newly getting involved in. Are there other trends that excite you as you think about your personal or professional roadmap in the next two or three years? Yeah, I think there's a number of them. I think this is as exciting a time from a, you know, digital landscape as we've ever seen, you know, and, uh, and I think that there are things like, um, and, you know, and they come with interesting both opportunities and challenges, you know, the advent of AI, and when you take sort of the intersection uh, of I, IoT and AI, so because you have on the one hand you have IoT and all of this proliferation of devices, whether those be handsets, of course, which we all are, you know, kind of spending more and more time, you know, using and and uh, engaged with, or you know other, you know, uh, other. IoT type devices, whether those be personal devices, our Fitbits, our, you know, whatever, um, or industrial, you know, sensors that are out there. You have all this proliferation of things that are creating some form of data that then intersects with the advent of really sophisticated AI and machine learning techniques to allow, you know, and it's the, it's those two things that come together in sort of this you know, chemical reaction that, that creates significant business value. And, uh, and I think that Equinix sort of sits at the intersection of those things. And a lot of what we see, for example, in our pipeline is customers who are saying, well, I have this very distributed base of data that I need to get. I need to ingress it effectively. I need, and then need to act on it, gain insights using AI. And then I need to egress those insights to people who can use them. Well, Equinix was almost purpose built for that. You know, it's, you know, we're deeply interconnected with the networks. We have broad geographic reach. We have interconnection to the cloud uh, that's private and high bandwidth and, and, and uh, cost effective. Um, and so I think that those are some of the things that are really exciting to me, and both in terms of, you know, the, the possibilities and opportunities for our success as a business, but also for ways that I think they're going to continue to positively impact our world and create balanced opportunities and, you know, help us, uh, you know, address, you know, big, big societal problems like the digital divide and increasing pay gap disparities and these kind of things. And so, you know, I think AI and IoT are exciting things. I think of the evolving edge. We talk a lot about that, which is, you know, what happens as this occurs and as data, you know, gets further out and particularly as 5G takes hold and begins to densify, you know, what will that mean for new use cases and how will our business need to evolve and interconnect to a, a more geographically distributed um, sort of digital edge. And so today, I think uh, Equinix is really the best manifestation of this digital edge. And, and I think we need to continue to stay on top of trends like these if, uh, if we're going to really you know, continue to meet the needs of our customers. Wonderful. Well, Charles Myers, thank you so much for joining me on Technovation today, for sharing your perspectives across your tenure at Equinix, especially your time now as a chief executive officer and best wishes for continued success. Thanks, Peter. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me next week when my guest will be Anupam Kare, the chief information officer of Oshkosh.